I like that song because, like all of us, I'm, I'm, I'm a lot like you. I can get caught up in Christmas quickly. I can get caught up in the festivity of the season, the family, the fires, the food, the fellowship, the parties, the gifts. I love all that stuff. But that song for me personally has always kept me a bit focused since the first time I heard it. I've heard different arrangements and today I chose that one. It's amazing that, it's amazing that every year we come to this time and we all focus on a birth that happened thousands of years ago. And without that birth, you have to wonder, would this season even exist? And if it did, would it be the same? I think it would be definitely different. That song for me always keeps me focused on what the real reason for the season is. When you think about it, in the last hundred years, there have been over 300 million live births in the U.S. alone just in America. And literally, since the time of Christ, billions have been born. But for some reason, this one single birth commands the attention every year. It's unique that at the time of Christ's birth, the political factors were trying to eliminate him. They were trying to reduce the focus and even Herod wanted to kill him to get rid of Jesus. And around us even today, we see an attack on the acknowledgement of his birth. It happens every Christmas. We watch it on the news. We see it in our communities. It started out that way, and it still is somewhat that way. You get the feeling that there's something significant about this baby that was born in a manger. Jesus was born to an impoverished situation. Couldn't even find a place of decency to stay. A, a stable is all they could discover. And that's where he was born. It was a stressful time. His, his birth was not really what you would think a king would enter the world in. Jesus Christ came for us, and when he entered the stage, his life began to change everything. I wonder, I wonder what the perspective of his mother Mary would be on all this. I think about her. I love that song because um, imagine, I'm, I've never been a mom. I'm, I'm a dad. I've never carried a baby. I walked by a lady who carried a baby. Um, but imagine a mama's thoughts when she first discovered she was going to have a son and she wasn't married. Imagine the struggle she had. And then she learned things about her son and she would hear great things to come. But that song for me kind of takes me on the journey she must have been on. The moment that she heard about her son to the time she faced him on the cross. It's almost like if you could take her life and do a fast forward movie and you could, you could go with her and take her scene by scene and you could see her. You could see her holding that baby in her hands and her arms there in the manger. You can, you, you can sense the, the feel of that exciting moment when a birth comes into a family. And then you can almost see her walking with him at family events and functions, and I'm sure he was a normal toddler in many respects. 
We often think of him as the son of God, and yes, he was that, but you know what? He, he got in the mud occasionally. I'm sure he did. He was a boy. He was all boy. I think of Mary walking with him at events and trying to keep him close by. And, and then you kind of get the feeling, what did she think the moment she thought he was lost? They thought they lost Jesus. I mean, she's looking around. If you've been a parent and you've ever had that moment where you looked up and your kid wasn't beside you, you know what that feeling is like. Only to find him at the age of 12, he wasn't lost. He was lecturing the religious folks in the temple. Imagine what it would be like for her to, to, to journey with him. She watched him go from a, a, an infant in swaddling clothes all the way to a public ministry. I watched her. I would see her in this movie. I would see her journey with him as the demands began to increase for his time, for his, for his connection. People wanted to be around Jesus. He was not in any way lacking for popularity. And I wonder what it would be like today if she saw where all this was at. I wonder how she would feel. You say, why are you talking about Mary? Well, first of all, I think she was chosen by God. And to me, she gives us a real close-up, personal, first-hand look at what it would be like to be the mother of the Son of God. When I think about her life, I wonder if we could just fast forward for a moment all the way to the cross. I wonder if we could follow her from the days in the manger all the way to the time on Calvary. You know, I wonder if that day on the cross, I wonder if her countenance was different. I'm sure that the day she heard he was coming to her, I'm sure she had a look on her face. But the day she faced him on the cross, I know the look was different. Because this wasn't the day he would be born, this would be the day that he would die. I wonder if you could go into her life if she could hear, even while standing on the side of Mount Calvary. I wonder if she could hear the angel still saying to her, you're going to have a son. He'll be great. He's the son of the Most High. He'll rule from the throne of David. And of his kingdom, there will never be an end. I wonder if she could still hear that angel in her ears. You see, the thing the angel didn't mention to her in that moment was that all this was possible. All those great things would happen through both his life and his death. I wonder if there at the foot of the cross where she was by herself, I mean, folks were with her, but you know what? When you're there and your son's dying, you're all alone by yourself. Everything around you stops. I wonder if as she grabbed a hold of his feet, and held his feet in her hands, I wonder if she could still feel the swaddling clothes. A bruised and bleeding hand in this foot, and a swaddling clothes hand in this foot. You see, Jesus Christ, the amazing thing about this time of the year is we often get excited about the manger and we forget Mount Calvary. You see, Christmas is certainly a time of giving and receiving, and it should be all those things, and I'm a fan of gifts. But really, Christmas is as much about Christ's death as it is His birth. Because His death was needed, He had to be born. His death, that's where we come in the story. Every one of us today are recipients of the work that Jesus Christ 
had to do. Jesus Christ was born because he had to live so that he could die. Why did he have to die? Why was he born? Because of us. The Bible says in Romans, the book of Romans, the third uh, chapter, 23rd verse, it says, for everyone has sinned. We all have fallen short of God's glorious standard. Because of our sin nature and the fact we had a dilemma, every one of us faced the fact that we needed something to cover our life. Jesus was foretold in the Old Testament by the prophets. They announced his death. His forerunner announced him as the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. You could say before he ever walked a day on this earth, he was destined to die on the same earth. I know you're thinking, Marty, this is Christmas. Give us a happy message. This is the happiest message one could ever hear. Because of his death, there is freedom from sin in your life. If Jesus Christ doesn't live, if Jesus Christ doesn't die, then every one of us face eternal judgment and damnation because of our sin nature. But because he lived and because he died, we can have hope everlasting. You see, I love that song because that song shows me the true perspective. That shows me where I need to think more often. It shows me how my life is often caught away with the festivities of the season. And before you know it, I have celebrated Christmas and opened gifts and not even shared Christ with somebody. Before you know it, I've given a gift to my boss and never said, hey, do you know Jesus as your Lord and Savior? Before you know it, I have shared with my friends and family food at the table and never invited them to the master's table. You see, Christmas is really about gifts, but it's ultimately about the gift that God gave to us. Both the gift in the manger and the gift on the cross. You see, our sin every day, every time we sin, hear this this morning. Every sin we commit is against God Almighty. The great ruler of the universe. It's not just against ourselves, but against Him. And because God is holy... And because our sin is so opposite of God, there had to be a plan to redeem us back to God from our fallen nature. Romans 6, 23 says, The wages of our sin is death. In our fallen state, there had to be a punishment for the sin that we would commit. So God had a plan. God sent His very own Son, Jesus Christ, to divert the punishment that we would deserve. He diverted it. He became the propitiation. You say, well, what's that word mean? Well, it means this. He absorbed the wrath. He was the substitute. He took what we should have received. Jesus never sinned. He was without sin. He didn't come from a sin bloodline. That's why the virgin birth is so important. If he wasn't born of a virgin, if he was born of a man, he had a sin nature like ours. But because he was born of a divine conception, he had no sin. That's a theological immovable. If you change that, you change everything. His work on Calvary was possible because of his sin-free nature. God made a way 
for us to have life through the gift of His Son, Jesus Christ. I love Christmas, but today I want to challenge you. Don't let Christmas pass without you receiving His gift. Now, before you feel guilty about Him dying, it wasn't you that asked Him to die. In fact, God's the one that made the choice for Jesus Christ to die. John 3, 16, For God so loved the world, He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever should believe on Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. The next verse says, For God sent not His Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through Him might be saved. Don't feel bad, but do accept the gift. The greatest Christmas you could ever have is the Christmas that you decide to take the gift of eternal life found only in Jesus Christ and accept that gift and begin to live that life, that better life, that hope-filled life that He has for you. Today I want to challenge you in this great room to not let this Christmas pass by without focusing on the life and the death of Jesus Christ. Every year it comes around. Every year we listen to songs. Every year we give gifts, exchange gifts, have our good time. But let this be the year that Christmas for you is more about sharing the gift of Christ than it is about getting gifts under the tree. I love my favorite Christmas song, Because when I unwrap Christmas, I'm reminded that Christmas isn't about a gift. It's not about a tree. I'm going to go on the line here and say Christmas is not even about being with my family all the time. Christmas is about Jesus Christ. And everything else comes out of that. When that is first, everything else happens. When everything else happens first... That goes away. I want to challenge you in your own life to make sure that this Christmas is truly about Christ. I think about this time of year. I think about the fact that we love to give gifts, and that's important because Christmas is a time of focusing on the gift that God gave to us. I think it's a good thing that we extend our thoughts to other people, that we show our love, we show gratitude, we we, we pause, we're, we're together. That's all good and healthy and fine. It's great that we show love because you really can summarize the entire season of Christmas by the simple phrase that God so loved the world. All of Christmas hangs on that very simple phrase. It's a short phrase, but it's everything. In fact, today, let's just say to everybody say, for God. For God. Say, for God. For God. So loved the world. That's Christmas. If God doesn't love us, then he doesn't send his son to die for us. If his son doesn't come to die for us, then we have no hope of being restored back to our father in heaven. Let this be the Christmas that with your family, with your friends, you focus on the gift of Jesus Christ above everything. Today I close you with this thought, just a very simple thought. Have you willfully accepted the gift 
that God has given to you at Christmas? Have you made the choice to accept both the gift and the manger? We get excited about the manger. It's a happy time. But remember, there was no need for a manger if there wasn't a need for a cross. So you can't separate the two. You can't take out the life in the middle. And while we get happy about the manger scene in the fuzzy times of jubilation of life, and we should, we have to pause and recognize the dark times of the sin nature and the fact that we were separated and fallen from God. And without Calvary, we can't get back. You see, for me today, Christmas, and my favorite song reminds me that this is the time of year that we focus on the fact that God gave us a way to get back. Can I pray for you? I want you to bow your heads across the house, please, today. Father God, I thank you, first of all, for the gift of your Son. I thank you, God, that you chose to give us everlasting hope and everlasting life. Today, God, every one of us recognizes our sinful, fallen nature. And today, if we have yet to accept that gift in our heart and our life, we recognize we must do that here this morning. Father, begin to search our hearts and stir our hearts. Make sure every man, every woman, every boy, every girl today in this house has made the willful choice to accept the gift of your son. Not just his life, but his death. And all the things in between that give us access to you. We thank you, we love you. I want you to keep your head bowed for just a second out of reverence in this house today. I want you to ask yourself a soul-searching question. You're not going to ask me, you're going to ask yourself. I want you right now to ask yourself if you've made the conscious choice to accept the gift of Christ and then to live out the life He has for you. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 2 that eye has not seen, nor has an ear heard, nor can the heart of man ever imagine what God has prepared for those that love Him. There's a better life. It's called the Christian life, the life of faith in Jesus Christ. And all you have to do to get in that life is accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Accept His work on Calvary for the forgiveness of your sin and then begin to live out the life He has for you. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed across the entire house, keeping that away for one more minute today. I want to ask this question. If you're here today and you do not know for a fact that Jesus Christ is the confessed Lord of your life. 
If you do not have assurance that should you die today, die this moment, that you would have everlasting hope through the work on Calvary. If you don't have that confidence or assurance and you'd like for me to pray with you today, I'll have you stay right in your seat. I won't have you come forward, but I'd like to pray for you. Today, if you don't have that hope or that confidence, I'm going to ask you right now across this house, heads bowed, eyes still closed, just put a hand up high. I'm going to pray for you. Just raise your hand right now across the house. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Keep your hand up real fast today. I'm going to pray for you. Hands across the house. Thank you so much. You can put your hand back down now. I'm going to pray. In fact, let's all pray together today. Let's all repeat repeat this prayer after me, okay? Dear Jesus, I thank you today for the gift of your son. Dear Jesus, this Christmas, I dedicate my life to you. I thank you, Jesus, for saving my soul, for forgiving me of my sins, and for being the Lord of my life. Jesus, I thank you today because I now know that I have assurance with you in heaven. Thank you, Jesus, for loving me, for saving me, and being my king. In Jesus' name, amen.